everyone, my name is Wartha Siraj and I am the host for the MPPA Alumni Series. As you may have heard, the MPPA program fosters a wide range of skills, which is used for a very diverse range of careers. We have had students graduate from the program, moving on to work for agriculture, health and safety, housing, transportation, indigenous affairs, and of course, politics. Between 2006 to 2019, there have been 605 graduates. Of those graduates, currently 14% of them were for the nonprofit sector. I'm happy to announce that in this episode, we will be speaking to an individual who currently works for a nonprofit organization known as the College of Family Physicians of Canada. She will be speaking to us about her experiences with the NPPA program, how it's like to be working for a nonprofit organization, as well as offering us some advice for current or future students. So Daniela, I want to dive right in and thank you for giving us your time for this discussion and offering us your experiences to learn from. Why don't we just go ahead and how about you tell us a bit about yourself and what your background was coming into the program. So my name is Daniela Spaniolo. Um, I came into the program after graduating from uh, the University of Toronto Scarborough where I did a specialist co-op in international development studies and a major in political science. Oh wow, okay. So yeah. when did you graduate from this program? I finished uh, my undergrad in 2017 and then started Ryerson right after. Right after? And what was it that led you to this program? So in my undergrad, I, um, I was in a co-op program and worked uh, internationally in Guyana for 10 months. And in that role, I, um, I was managing a program that uh, basically took the idea of um, like career guidance. So, uh, so kind of similar to what grade 10 students in Ontario do with careers. But um, it, was a, it was a high school course that was being piloted in a bunch of different schools to try and get students to think about their career paths because at the time, um, Guyana had a really high youth unemployment rate. So um, through that experience, I worked a lot with the Ministry of Education and I kind of saw the way that nonprofits need to uh, get support from government. And for me, it was kind of difficult, like trying to chase government officials to get approval. And it kind of made me think about how a lot of the goals that I wanted to do in, in uh, trying to uh, create positive change in the world kind of came from decision makers within uh, like a policy space. So um, that experience made me want to pursue public policy because I thought that that was probably like where it could contribute to being in a room where decisions about um, positive uh, change in the world gets get made. Yeah, and did you find that the program really helped you develop those skills that you needed to kind of progress in the nonprofit field? Definitely, yeah. So um, the program at Ryerson, um, for me, it was interesting. So from that experience, uh, which was in my second last year of undergrad, um, in my last year of undergrad, I actually took part in the uh, protege program at the city of Toronto. So um, that experience made me really interested in um, municipal policy. So I just kind of got into the idea of like, where is change happening? And then um, from learning about the city of Toronto uh, and policy that happens at the municipal level, I saw like, this is a good way to kind of um, be close to the change that I want to make and the, and the con contributions that I want to make to society. So, um, 
I found at Ryerson, like a lot of the focus was on the provincial level. So that was kind of interesting. Like I learned a lot of great skills, but also was like desperately seeking opportunities to learn um, more about uh, municipal policymaking, um, but definitely learned a lot of skills and, and was able to kind of seek out opportunities to learn about what I was really interested in. Nice. Okay. So since graduating, what have you been up to kind of your timeline and pathway in terms of career development? Yeah, so this is interesting. Um, I uh, finished my co-op in August of 2018, I think. Yeah. And, uh, um, and was unable to continue on in my position because they didn't have the funding to keep me so um I needed to kind of hold myself over a little bit and my um my supervisor for my MRP uh actually offered to give me uh, an RA ship so I worked with her for a few months uh doing research and we actually co-authored a book chapter together so that was really exciting um great chance to do some research and then in about November of that year I uh, was offered a job at um, the College of Family Physicians of Canada so that's where I am right now as a health policy analyst and uh, got the chance to do a lot in that role and work on a number of different projects but that's been really exciting and it's been a really great uh, really great opportunity and a great role. Yeah, it's just interesting to see you from undergrad to now. It's not, you can't really plan out where exactly you're going to end up. Main point is you want to make sure you're enjoying that. So would you say that the program has offered you or uh, helped you gain the skills that you need for the current position that you have right now? Yeah, definitely. So a lot of what... Um, a lot of what I really took out of the program, um, definitely research skills, but also um, also the idea of like writing concisely. So like learning to write a briefing note, learning to write a policy brief, um, learning like in the policy enrichment stream, how to put together an effective deck and that kind of thing. Like those are huge, like very practical skills. And that's something that I felt like I was kind of missing in undergrad. Like I didn't really feel like I had the practical skill set that I was looking for, like could write a really great, very critical essay, but uh, actually like communicating things really concisely and in a way that convinces people. Um, yeah, that was definitely something I learned a lot of at Ryerson. Okay, so can you explain a little bit more for those who don't know what the College of Family Physicians of Canada really is about? Yeah, for sure. So um, the policy shop is just one small part of what um, CFPC does. So it's a professional association and a nonprofit that works to represent um, family doctors across the country. So there's lots of different elements of it. But uh, for me, working in uh, the health policy and government relations team, um, we do a lot of advocacy to the federal government on uh, primary health care. Um, so that's included uh, advocacy during the federal election campaign. Um, we do a lot to get funding for primary health care. Um, we also do a lot of uh, research and support for family doctors. So um, I've worked on putting together guides that will help family doctors in their practices and also can be used as advocacy tools to try and get uh, funding support. And we also have committees that work on specialty areas. So I work to support our Indigenous Health Working Group and we're currently working on putting together uh, like a kind of 
curriculum supplement to help guide um, medical education uh, to be more culturally safe for Indigenous populations in Canada. So it's uh, a lot of work that happens in our in our uh, organization and we're just like a very small team but there's a whole bunch of other stuff that happens in the organization at well. Sounds like uh, at, Sorry, at Yeah. Pardon? Goals that you have but it looks like you're enjoying it. Um, I don't know if you would know, but how would you compare this to working with a for-profit um, place? Yeah, so not necessarily with a for-profit, but I think more in like the public sector. Um, the difference I think that stands out the most to me and why I kind of like enjoy being in a nonprofit space especially like with healthcare. Um, one of the things that I found really uh, interesting is the way that uh, nonpartisanship works when you're working in the public sector um, and that kind of you're always in service of the government of the day. And what I really appreciate being in a nonprofit space around healthcare is that the science doesn't change whether like, one party is in or another party is in, um, our advocacy goals are always the same. So it's been really cool for me to be able to work somewhere where my values align with what we're doing. And uh, it's always about kind of working with whoever's empowered to, to work towards a common goal, which I think is really exciting. Um, in terms of for-profit, um, not having worked there in a policy space with a for-profit organization is a little bit tricky, but uh, I'm sure there are some things about nonprofits in terms of like the work style and um, like the pay and all of that kind of thing that probably in a for-profit corporate organization would be very different. Yeah. But uh, I, I think it's good. Like our, our organization, especially during COVID, what I really appreciate is how much they've actually prioritized not just health and the fact that we're a healthcare organization, Organization, but the health of our, our workers as well. Um, it's been great to, to be in an environment where they really care about their staff, which is great. That's great. And kind of going back to your experience with the program, you mentioned that you did do a co-op placement. Can you mm -hmm. kind of expand on that? Where did you do it? How did you get the opportunity? And was it a very big step towards your development? Definitely a very big step towards my development. So I... Um, I really, as I mentioned before, was really excited about municipal policy and at the time the City of Toronto, um, you had to be going back to school to, um, to be eligible for their internship. So I was really disappointed that I couldn't get a City of Toronto internship. Um, but I ended up working with the Association of Municipalities of Ontario, uh, which is a great organization. It's also a nonprofit organization. Um, and they represent every municipality in Ontario except for the City of Toronto. So that was kind of interesting for me to... Um, to learn just the differences with municipalities across the province. And um, there I got to work on a number of different projects. I got to take part in their annual conference. Um, I had my own uh, I had my own project that I was working on, which was a review of legislation. So I had to read every piece of legislation that was currently uh, 
that was currently in place in Ontario and analyze it for municipal impact mm -hmm. and then did a project in front uh, sorry did a presentation in front of our board of directors on um, that analysis which was really exciting and it's been used really effectively by the organization in the advocacy that they do mm -hmm. and I also worked to support a number of other projects that were ongoing at the time including projects on cannabis legalization um, working on waste and um, waste management which was actually super exciting I had a great time working on the waste management file um, so that should probably uh, give you an idea of how much I like municipal policy <laughs> that like waste management was super exciting to me um, I worked on stuff on social assistance and food security and yeah it was just a really cool experience to learn about all these different pieces that kind of come together to um, to uh, shape the landscape of the towns and cities and and uh, municipalities across the, the province. Mm -hmm. I know some of my professors, they like to bring in guest speakers and we had one guest speaker from the city of Toronto and yeah. she said, to really see the change, you have to work at the municipal level. That was her personal experience. So I kind of understand where you're coming from and why yeah. you're so interested in municipal level um, policies. So what would be the most challenging part of, of your job or position? Mm. Yeah, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, the most challenging part of my job, I think, um, hmm. I think it's like the the changes in workflow so because we work on so many different things like it can be uh, like you can have really really busy times and then times where you're like just waiting for things to happen and it can be a little tricky I'm really go 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 in my personality I like to be busy all, all the time so it was a little bit difficult to get used to the idea of like ebbs and flows in policy cycles and um, the way that uh, work can kind of be a little inconsistent in terms of volume um, so that's something that I'm definitely getting used to is like learning the balance between um, wanting to be going at full speed at all times and also taking the time to um, reflect and be um, and be in the moment and, and not always necessarily be chasing a, a big project but actually like work on the, the small elements as well. Yeah so just kind of uh, off topic did you ever take urban governance Yes, I did. <laughs> I'm sure you have. How did you find that course? I love that course. I think uh, Duncan was a great professor. Like, he's so yeah. awesome. And he helped me a lot when I was interested in um, applying to the Association of Municipalities of Ontario. Because oh, I'm sure, uh, as, as you know, like, there's a lot of, like, okay, here's how you get an OPS job in the, in the program. And, I mean, I was given an offer at the OPS, but I really, I, when I got the chance to interview and be selected at the Association of Municipalities of Ontario, it was super competitive because there was just one co-op position for it. And it was just something that Julia had emailed out. So um, to have the support of Duncan to, like, really help um, shape my application and my interview skills and be uh, informed going into those those uh, spaces was really great and he, yeah that course is so exciting and I learned so That's much one of my favorites for sure yeah yeah, yeah I, I find like the courses they are not just theory but very practical as well even Janet class those briefing notes did you have to do the briefing notes in the 50 minutes and then present them yeah thought, like, that really helped me pick out key points otherwise 
from coming from undergrad, I would have like five pages on just like one point. I could just go into detail. So that that course really helped me. And I guess you mentioned writing those briefing notes is a huge part of, of your work as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That experience in Janet's class was very, very interesting. Like, um, but the briefing notes, especially like even the format that she gives within the syllabus, like I've shared that with so many people because it's such a great way to like learn how to write a briefing note. Mm -hmm. And when we started, like I remember my first briefing note, our group I think wrote three pages. And like we still like, I mean at the end, getting it down to one page was still really difficult. And I still struggle with it too. Like even right now when I write a briefing note, I'm like, okay, gotta get it it down to that like one page really concise and maybe like I can get to one page and a half and then need to like send it to my manager and he cuts down everything but even that like when you're used to being an undergrad and writing like long essays and you have to be like no you have to get it down really really fast you have to get it into something super concise because no one's gonna want to read those five pages if they have a meeting in like 10 minutes yeah it was a great skill. touched upon it with Duncan helping you out with interviews, but would you say that the relationship you had as a student with the professors contributed to your success in the program? Or in other words, did you find that they were supportive and genuinely interested in your career development? Definitely. I think uh, I had really good experiences with um, professors in the program and also professors outside of the program. So, um, as I mentioned, Duncan was a big help when I was applying for um, for um, the Association of Municipalities of Ontario. Um, uh, Grace Edward Galabuzzi was amazing when I was working on um, um, my paper for his class, which ended up being like the basis of my MRP. So that was also really excellent. And outside the program, I actually had, I actually took a course in the nutrition communication program. Um, and the professor for that, uh, Fiona Udall, was amazing. Um, she's been really wonderful and has even like sent me things after I graduated that she thought I would be interested in. She set me up with a meeting with someone at Toronto Pro- public health who worked on uh, things that I was interested in, which was amazing. Um, She was the second reader on my MRP and my actual advisor was um, also from the nutrition communication program, um, Cecilia Rocha, was someone that I actually really looked up to before starting at Ryerson. And um, when I got the opportunity to work with her, I was so nervous because I thought like, oh, I've seen you at conferences. You're so smart. And I had actually had a really awful experience writing my thesis in undergrad. So I was scared to be working with someone I really admired because I didn't want to let them down. But Cecilia is amazing and she's been super supportive again like offering me an oration when I needed um, some something to hold me over during work and actually collaborating with me as a peer when we co-wrote a chapter together um, it's been really wonderful I think there are great people at Ryerson like both within MP- PPA and then also in other departments who are really invested in student success yeah, I, I personally found that the environment was much more friendly and it was easier to talk to. I don't know if it was a transition between undergrad where you have like a class of like 200 students in one versus yeah. 30 people, but I, I definitely found that the professors were genuinely interested in helping and they really looked out for you. It just felt so good to have that support while you're working. 
your way. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So is there something you wish you knew before coming into the program or do you have any sort of advice for, for new students coming into the program? Um, so I was really surprised starting the program of how much the focus was on the provincial government. Like I really thought it was going to be um, all different levels of government. So that was something that I kind of wish I knew beforehand just so I would be aware of like how and where I would shape like my own path. But in terms of advice like for, for students coming into the program, knowing what you want to get out of it I think is the most important thing. Like I came into the program knowing exactly what I wanted to do my research in, knowing what I um, wanted to learn and I think that was a huge asset because I was able to shape every course to be um, relevant to what I was interested in, relevant to where I wanted to be one day, where, and relevant to the research that I wanted to do. Because I knew I wanted to do an MRP, um, so being able to take every course's material and think about like, this is the research topic that's really important to me, and that's like kind of driving um, not just my work, but um, like my passion for policy and that kind of thing. So being able to like learn how to apply it directly to what I was interested in was really, um, I think, a big benefit. And I think coming into the program, it helps to know what's going to be offered, but also it helps to know like how you can shape every experience to be exactly what you want to learn. Because that's one of the good things about um, being in grad school compared to undergrad like yes there are required courses in grad school but they're very like foundational um it's stuff that you would need to know anyway it's not like useless information um but so that's good and then the fact that you don't have an exam at the end that you have to like rush to like register every single piece of information because it's going to come back again and it's going to be scary and you're going to have to regurgitate it the fact that everything is kind of based on presentations and um and papers and that sort of thing you have a lot of freedom to explore what really matters to you and i think going in with that sense of purpose and being able to uh apply it to what what drives you in policy i think is a is a great way to approach the program and I definitely like that there's no exams, just so I can really focus on the material being taught, really understand it, and then develop those skills that we need in, in the real world, like presentation skills, briefing notes. I would much rather be doing that than spending hours studying for an exam one time go, right? Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, and the presentation skills, like, also, like, that's something that maybe you had to do a couple presentations in undergrad, but, like, that practice of like almost every course you need to get up there you need to talk about readings you need to work with uh team members or do something on your own um i was super nervous at the beginning but you kind of get desensitized to it after a while you're like okay time to do this again i did it before i'm gonna be able to speak i just have to like know what i'm doing and prepare myself and be able to like think on the fly in that way and it's a great skill like I mentioned before about the writing skills and being concise in that that way, but uh, the presentation skills and being able to really like think on your feet and present information in a really clear and uh, convincing way that was a big that was a big skill that uh, I definitely needed to learn more of when I came into the program. Definitely, just participating, have your opinions being heard, and I also like the fact that a lot of courses have like 10 to 20 percent participation yeah. uh, it's worth quite a lot so you're motivated that way but like you said you get desensitized to 
to participating. You're not shy. You're not, there's no like anxiety towards it. Um, and the professors are just super supportive too. So it, it was never like a huge issue. Um, and what would you say was the best part of the program? Anything memorable that you, you, you remember, like you think back to that year that you were in the program, like, oh my God, this is what I remember out of the whole experience. Honestly, like the best thing about the program for me was the cohort. Like I was, I, I honestly, I don't know if I was just very lucky that our cohort was amazing, but we did so much together and it was really awesome. Like just, we were a great group of people and like every Friday we would go after um, policy enrichment stream, we would go to the RAM and just like kind of debrief our whole week, um, get into debates about policy stuff or um, get into debates about random things and just kind of like all hang out together. And we did so much together. Like it was, it was really great, I think, because not only is are they your supports in the classroom, they're the people you're collaborating with and that sort of thing, but, and they're your friends. Like I've made some really amazing friends that are still like some of my closest friends right now. But I mean, I was so inspired a lot by what people were doing within their roles, what they were doing after school, um, what they've been doing since graduating. Um, there are some really amazing people in my cohort that um, I hope to be colleagues one day and I hope to be able to continue to network and collaborate with even now that we're done the program. So um, I think just like taking the time to build that relationship was something that I really appreciated and it made the experience so much better. Yeah, yeah, I definitely value the friendships. Even myself, I have met some amazing people through this program. So thankful for that. Um, so you did mention that you did the MRP. Can you kind of expand more on that? And were you was there enough guidance for you, or were you just left on your own to try and figure it out? Just for those students coming in and knowing that this is something they want to do. Yeah. So for me. Um, we kind of found the parameters of the found out about the parameters of the MRP like about halfway to um, nearing the end of the first semester, and um, I think the freedom of the MRP was a little intimidating at first. Of just like pick a topic, find a supervisor, write whatever you want. It has to be kind of tangentially <laughs> related to policy, but like you have the kind of freedom to go wild with it. So that was really intimidating, but also exciting. Um, I kind of knew coming in what like themes I wanted to explore. And then um, when I started the program, I kind of just like latched onto what my thesis was gonna be and um, kind of went for it and used every kind of paper I wrote since then to, to, to explore and, and test drive those ideas. So that was really cool. I would say if you're thinking of doing an MRP and you know what you wanna do research in, like start your research early by making every paper you write about your topic for your MRP. Um, so that was really good. And it allows you to collect feedback along the way, right? So it's not just your um, supervisor and your uh, second reader that provide input into it. It's like every professor and every class you take. So for me, that was a really good help. Um, yeah, it, it, it can be intimidating, but um, I had a really great supervisor. Um, I looked beyond the program because um, my MRP was on the idea of ethical eating as a concept in the way that um, it's 
promoted in the media as being about individual consumer choice and like eat organic or have a vegan diet or buy fair trade or buy local. But um, those kinds of like labels being put on to the way that we eat obscure um, policy issues within the food system like migrant labor, like food sovereignty, um, even like income supports and that kind of thing that inhibit the food system from being actually ethical. So um, yeah, it was something that was like very kind of niche and being able to, to have the freedom to work with um, supervisors outside the program really helped because um, in the nutrition program, they have like experience with um, with policy and uh, the way that it interacts with food. So it was very cool to kind of get that kind of um, specialized advice as well as again, through working on my MRP basically throughout the year uh, in all my different classes, um, getting the policy perspectives from like a more pure policy lens was, was really exciting as well. Uh, that's great. I'm so glad you had a good experience with that. I know there's this debate on whether or not MRPs are worth the two courses that you're giving up. Yeah. It also depends on what you want to do personally. Like you said, you had it all figured out. You were writing papers based off of this topic. And then like you said, you get the feedback from different perspectives. Like each course obviously has a different look or view. Mm -hmm. so yeah, that's a great idea. And then my final question would be, would you or maybe your workplace be interested in hosting co-op students in the future? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wish I was in a position to say, like, yes, my organization can take on co-op students. Personally, if I am ever in a position to, to like, advocate for co-op students or um, in a position to be a decision maker, um, I would love to have co-op students. We haven't had one at our organization um, in the time that I've been there, um, but I think it's really important. Like, I think the co-op experience, like, co-ops in my undergrad and in, in, in uh, the master's program, both were really fundamental in shaping, like, who I am and how I learn and that kind of thing, and I think that hands-on experience is super important. I would love to one day see co-op students in my organization. I can't say that I can offer that right now, but, I mean, wherever I end up going, I will 100% promote any uh, internship experiences uh, in, in, to Ryerson, because I think the Ryerson students are great, and it would be awesome to, to provide that opportunity one day. Great. Sounds good. I want to thank you so much for your time. Yeah. I'm sure everyone uh, listening or watching will definitely benefit from your experiences. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me and uh, good luck with the rest of your semester and um, excited to see uh, what happens next for, for all the Ryerson students this year. Well, I hope this episode was helpful in terms of learning a bit more about the NPPA program as well as what the nonprofit sector has to offer. I want to thank Daniela again. She was great in offering her experiences and providing us with advice for current or future students. Now, as mentioned before, only 14% of the alumni have gone on to work for nonprofit sectors. That's not to say that this area does not need the skills that are. Uh, that are brought up in this program. The skills are definitely needed. It really comes down to your individual interests and where you see yourself working after the program. And with that, I would like to end the episode. Thank you for listening.